0: Welcome to Tetris, uh, the last part of Tetris. This is a series about h- the how to get the most out of life without blowing up your life. Um, if you're new to us, if you're just joining in on this, um, this th- in this series, we've talked about just kind of the overall, like we've talked about our finances, we've talked about our time, we've talked about our relationships. It's been really, really good. And, and the overall thrust or theme that's kind of come out as I was reflecting back on like what we've talked about week to week. It can be summed up in, in one word and that's space. When you understand the whole tetris thing right tetris is that game where the pieces come down and the further you get in the game the higher you know the higher levels the faster the pieces and the more pieces come and it gets crazy and you're constantly trying to shuffle things around and order them in, in the right order so that they go away and then make room for the other pieces that are coming that's tetris and we decide you know what life's kind of like that I, the older i get the more i feel like there's just more coming and there's just craziness And and I'm trying to get the most out of life, but at times I'm I'm wondering, am I actually in control of my life? Because there's so much going on. And so um, that's what this series is about. And we decided, you know what? When it comes to life, if we really want to get the most out of life, as people who want to get the most out of life, there needs to be space in our lives. There needs to, when it comes to our schedules, we can't be triple booked all the time. When it comes to our finances, Margin is kind of nice because if you don't have margin, some of us know this story. If you don't have margin, you're paycheck to paycheck and all of a sudden there's a bump in the road. When that happens, you know, bad things can happen. And ultimately why this is so important, why space in our time and our finances is so important is because it gives us space for our key relationships. It allows our relationships to stay where they need to be, the key in front and center, what's most important. We, we said this phrase, in our attempt to get the most out of life, we often lose sight of what's most important in life. Isn't that true? That in our attempt to, you know, I want to do this, yes, of course, we'll go, and then we'll do this and we'll do that, that what, what really usually gets thrown out the, the window first is not a what, it's actually a who. It's, it's the people who are closest to us, that are closest around us that get thrown out first and so we talked about the balance we're talking about how to create space so that you can get the most out of life without blowing up your life and what's been neat is the overall feedback that we've gotten from from you is that that this has been really helpful, Uh, all sorts of people, young people, old people, people who normally go to church, people who don't normally go to church, they've said, you know, this this has been so helpful, thanks for talking about this, and we decided as a staff, I want you guys to know that that we as a staff, we we put everything you see here, we put a lot of time and thought and intention into it, we take this really seriously, we think it's a blast, but we take it really seriously as well. And the same thing with what we talk about, the content, is we, we put a lot of time in it. And th- by the way, that's also why we only meet every other week. Some of you guys know we're a church that meets every other week, and it's because we want to do things really, really well, and this is what we need to do in order to do it really, really well. And we decided, when we, we were talking about text, Tetris about a month ago, we were a little bit a ways into it, and we said, you know... We're going to talk about time. We're going to talk about finances. We're going to talk about relationships. Why don't we just? There was a point in time where like we could almost just end right there. That's a that's a a good uh, that's a good place to end possibly. And the feedback is we've gotten was hey this has been helpful. Thanks for it. We could easily have tied a bow on it the last time we were together. And but we were sitting as a staff together about a month ago, and we said you know what we can't end Tetris. There. We have to end it. We have to do a Tetris 5. We have to do what we're going to talk about today because if we're talking about a conversation about getting the most out of life, we as a staff believe that there's one more crucial component of this conversation that we have to have. There's one more thing that if, if we didn't have it, we, we feel like we would be doing you a disservice. There's one more thing. In fact, it's not a thing. It's, it's, there's one more who we need to talk about in this series and that who is a big who it's it's God see here's here's the the reality just like every everything else in life when we try to get the most out of life we we might be in danger of pushing uh, those who are most important out of life the same holds true for God that it is possible for us to actually trying to get the most out of life that we can push the creator of life out. And that's not a good thing. That is, and it's, it's ironic to think about, like, how does that happen? How do, how do, is someone as big as the creator, how do we push him out of our lives? And the reality is, is we just get busy. We can do it. And we decided that today, this is the big idea for today, and I'm warning you, you might not agree with this statement that I'm about to make, but we feel really compelled as a church there, as a, as, a, as a, a team of people, we believe this with all of our hearts. And, and so if, this, if you don't believe what we're about to put on the board, I, I totally respect that. I'm glad you're here. But I would ask you for the next 30 minutes to t- kind of just walk with us in this worldview because this is what we believe. Go ahead and put it up. We believe it is impossible to get the most out of life apart from the creator of life. We're a group of people that believe that, that really, if we want to get the most out of life, the best way to do that is to be con- as connected as possible to the creator of life. Here's the reason why we believe that. We believe that because not only do we believe that we were created by God, but we believe that we were actually created for God. That, that, that God isn't just some distant being out there, but that, that he actually wants to be here with us he wants to walk through life with us that's what we believe some of us in this room believe as a group of people a good way to to describe it would be to maybe to say it this way we believe that we're kind of like a glove and that God is the hand you know, if you, if you didn't know what a glove was and you saw it just laying on the ground, you wouldn't understand what it was, but if you put it inside a hand, or put a hand inside of a glove, all of a sudden the glove comes to life. And that's what we believe, is that the closer we get to the Creator, the more life starts to make sense. The more life comes to life. You get to look at it this way uh, as well. Think of like... a. Um, if you were to, to um, admire a whole bunch of art, and then also you know, like you, there's art that you keep seeing, just over time you see the art that you enjoy, and then all of a sudden you start to realize that that art has the same artist. And then somebody was able to s- say to you, what if you could meet that artist? I know that artist, could I introduce you? Would you, would you like to spend time with that artist? You'd be like, yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. i love to understand. And you can ask him any question you want. You can spend time with the artist. See, that's what we believe when the created comes in contact with the creator. If I just lost you dudes because I was talking about art, let's put it in another one. Imagine a car or an engine or a machine or a computer or something that you like that, 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 that has a beautiful design. Something that, that you admire and then all of a sudden you are able to meet the designer and ask him anything you want. And, and, you know why did you create that how you know what was the idea behind? It? Imagine if you could have that connection? would you take it? yeah and see, we think we believe that the same intrigue we should have the same intrigue when it comes to the creator of life and, and this is how it fits into Tetris is we're all in danger of of, of by getting the most out of life we're all in danger of pushing out the creator of life ironically and not only do we believe that God created us and we're created we were created by God we were created for God and we're best in relationship with him and we can have a relationship we believe that God is actually we're not only should we pursue God but God is actually pursuing us that it's a two-way street that, that, that we believe that when we look outside, I mean, was evergreen just not gorgeous this morning? Uh, can we just give it up for evergreen and we could do this every once in a while at Colorado Life Church because it's so awesome. We believe that all of that is just subtle hints, subtle ways of God saying, "I'm here. I'm here. Look up here, Look up here, look, look up. And see, we believe that God is pursuing us here's here's part of the reason why or a large reason why we as Christ followers believe that and here's why Christ followers for centuries actually hundreds of years have talked about this type of connection with God have written about it and in some senses have led people like us into this type of connection and this relationship is a big huge reason why we believe this is because a man named Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago came to earth we're about to celebrate that at Christmas And he lived in such a way, and he talked in such a way that was different than anybody else before him. He was a rabbi. He was a a teacher. He was a religious leader, but he was different than any of the other religious leaders. Just a little background on who Jesus was. And you can find out about this in in the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John wrote about Jesus' life. They were, the men that, they were some of the men that were really close to him. And in their lifetime, they penned and wrote down what it was like to be around him. But if you know his story, you know that there's the whole Christmas thing. And then there's this huge gap for like 30 years where you know, like we're not quite sure what Jesus, he was. On, he was kind of flying below the radar. And then at about age 30, he came on the scene in a big way. And he started preaching, he started teaching, and he started uh, uh, healing people. He, he would walk into uh, the temple. And there was one day he walked into the temple and he said, you know this place, this, this is my father's house. And people, when, when he said that, people backed up a couple steps. Like, wait, what did you just say? Jesus just had this way of saying things. Everywhere he went, he said things with authority. He said things with conviction, to the point where people were like, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with this. And then other people were like, wait, tell me more. He went around, he kind of broke rules everywhere he went. He broke religious rules all the time. And, not, and he wasn't just like one of those shock jocks who's just trying to get people's you know, rise out of people. He did it for a reason. If you look at any time he broke a rule or, or, or kind of went against the grain of culture, he was doing it to lift somebody up because that religious law was pushing them down. And so Jesus would say, no, 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 uh, we're not going to do it this way. We're going we're to break the rules a little bit today because this person needs to know that they're valuable. He broke the rules in, in the religious culture. He broke the rules in nature like all the time. He just walked around and be like, I don't feel like sickness should have a say today. So well, you're well. Blindness, no, I, I want sight. No, you're, you can't walk. I want you to walk. Death, not today. Life. There was I, I don't know if it was like one morning he woke up he's like, I just kind of feel like walking on water. And he just did. He's like, hey, Peter, come on out here. You want to come walk on? Okay, not bad idea. Get back in the boat. You know, like you maybe know that story. There was one time where he was talking to thousands of people. They were just, you know, surrounding him. and he just, They just couldn't get enough. They were just hanging out every word. He talked for hours and hours to the point where like, he's like, man, I'm kind of hungry. You guys hungry? Lunch is on me. filet of fish times 5,000. He just did that he just went walked around and see here's the here's what I'm trying to say there was there was 15 great reasons to get tickets to see Jesus live like like you never knew what he was going to do but I I I, want to point out something here I think this is my personal opinion I think that people were drawn to Jesus and they came around Jesus not just because of what he did in fact I think more of what people were drawn to him was about what he said and how he talked. Especially about God. See, when, when, God, when Jesus talked about God, he did it again in a way that nobody else did. It was different than any of the other leaders. He would often, his, he most often refer to God as his Father. My, and he would say things like, my Father and I, we, we've got a connection. My, the Father and I are one. And people were blown away by this. And see, here's why I think people were drawn to Jesus is because when Jesus spoke, (laughs) the glove met the hand. When Jesus spoke, the art got a glimpse of the artist. When Jesus spoke, the car came into contact with the designer. Because when Jesus spoke, and he, he not only did he call God Heavenly Father all the time, which this word father was like dad or daddy, not only did he talk about God that way, he also coached his followers and trained them to do it as well. See, when people heard Jesus talk, they weren't just people anymore. They were children of God. Isn't that cool? Isn't that neat? I want us to look at one passage today, a parable. That was maybe his most favorite way of speaking. A parable was a story that wasn't, if what it could have been true, but it wasn't true. It was the, po- the point wasn't the, 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 the details, the point was what it represented. And there was one parable in particular one day that, he, um, that he, he talked about that fits really well with Tetris. And this is a great way to end Tetris. It's found in the, the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 14. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. If not, all the the words will be here up on the screen. And this is starting in, in verse 16. It says this, a certain man, Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. A certain man was preparing a great party, a banquet, and he invited many guests. Now, the people who are surrounding Jesus, by the time that he was done with that first sentence, they knew, okay, this is a parable. This isn't, you know, like this isn't like a true story. This is like a story that has like a meaning, in, in, uh, like a meaning behind it, a parallel meaning. And, and here's what else that everybody in Jesus' audience, because he would do this often, probably knew is that in that first line, there was a certain man, and that certain man was probably God. And, and he was preparing a great banquet, and that banquet was probably heaven. And, and they knew that because Jesus, Jesus did this often. A lot of parables that Jesus told, God's throwing a party. So they're like, okay, so that's God, that's a party, and many guests, uh, that's probably us. Okay, so that's what they know at this point. From there on out, it was anybody's guess as to what Jesus was going to say next. But it, right now, they know, okay, God check, heaven check, us check. Okay, let's move on. Prepared uh, was, and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. We'll read those excuses here in a second. But I want you, I want you to know that this parable this morning is dedicated to party planners everywhere. Okay, this, this, this parable is for anybody who likes to throw a party. In fact, if you like to throw a party, just raise your hand. I just want to know who I'm speaking to here. Oh my gosh, we got a lot of them. Good. This is, if you like to throw a party, you're going to love this because you're, you understand what's about to happen in this parable, right? Like you already know because you've thrown a party and you've, you've sent out the Evite and then you waited and then you waited. And then you got a maybe. And then you got another maybe. And you're like, for crying out loud, I will make ribs, I will make punch, I will make, I, I will make finger food that will change your life, okay? Just sign up, RSVP, please do this. I, I want to have a party. This is exactly who, what is happening with God. There's a certain man who wants to have a party. Sends out invitations. Goes, sends out his servants to go get the guests. And all of a sudden, they just start making excuses. And I want you to know, if you're a party planner, God is with you. Like there's like, Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. And blessed are the party planners, for they are like God. Okay? It just take a moment. You have a brotherhood with God the Father here this morning. You might not have even known that. Let's Let's... Let's, let's check out the excuses that people make. Verse 6. They all began making excuses. The first one said, I have just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I am on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so obviously I can't come now, we've got to stop here and, and, and bring these excuses into light a little bit in, because I'm afraid we might miss them because they seem a little bit archaic or a little out of touch, like we don't, might not uh, 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 identify with them readily. So, so here's what I want to do. Let's start with the guy who just bought a field. See, this is a guy who has enterprise in his mind. Because the field equals land, equals crops, equals money, equals, well, what do you do with money? Whatever you want, right? So he's thinking, I got to go see this. We got to get this ball rolling. I I got this opportunity and see, we might not buy fields anymore, but we buy houses, we buy businesses, we get promotions, we get new jobs, we get partnerships, we get opportunities left and right, don't we? This This is the same thing. This man has an opportunity I must go see about. Please excuse me, I can't go. The second guy is is when Jesus said, and this this is probably the most uh, obscure one, when Jesus said five yoke of oxen, picture five yoke, that's ten cows set up like Santa's reindeer. Okay, got that? Uh, Every dude in that room, or that in wherever Jesus was every dude in that room started to daydream <laughs> when they heard five yoke of oxen which is weird to us cuz we don't daydream about cows really all that much but these guys see, see here's the modern equivalent when they heard five yoke of oxen a guy back then it'd be like a guy now hearing the words candy apple red and 0 to 60 in 5 seconds flat I'm dead serious. Like, I know it sounds funny, but I, I'm, I'm serious. Five yoke of oxen. Ten, I mean, like, that's Oregon Trail style. Like, I can, he, he'd be like, listen, honey, baby, I just got five yoke of oxen. Leave the donkey in the garage. We're going to cruise in style tonight down the strip of Jerusalem. It'll be awesome. Put on your best clothes. Like, like for the, so, so, like, so, like, the first guy, who was all about enterprise. If the first guy's all about enterprise, this guy is about status. Because let's be honest, five yoke of oxen—that's kind of over the top. That's your bling bling. That's your Escalade that you can just roll around in. It's a great ride. So please, excuse me. L- he literally says, "I must go try them out." starting to pick up same stuff, different century. You know what I mean? Last one. This and this one is maybe the most interesting to me. He says, "The last one says I just got married." So obviously. I gotta go see about the missus. I gotta go home. In fact, in fact, if you were here last week, you'll know it tell the he maybe even said to the servant, tell your master, I'm choosing to cheat. I can't go to the banquet. I I because I, I need to go. I, I'm family first, right, Jesus? And see, this is what's so interesting to me. This is why I love this parable. It's because if you stop and think about it, land. Oxen, marriage, all good things. All things that God is not against, correct? Can we just make that clear? All good things, but all things that could take them away from the party, that are, keep, are actually keeping them away from the banquet. Years ago, I read this. And I thought to myself, oh my goodness. I read this parable and I said, that's my town. In fact, I wrote in the margin of my Bible, Evergreen's parable above this, this, this parable because what is it? It's good people with lots of, of good things going for them, with lots of good stuff pursuing good things in danger of missing a great God. Good people chasing good stuff in danger of missing a great party. That's my town. There's no villain. In this parable, what's fascinating to me, there's no villain, there's no Pharisees, there's no tax collectors, there's no burglars, there's no devil. There's just stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff keeping us from the best stuff it's just people trying to get the most out of life who are in danger of missing an invitation of a lifetime from the author of life that good parable isn't this good let's find out what happens next let's find out how god responds to these oh actually before that i want to pause what's your excuse I want to thrust us into the parable quick before we move on. And then we'll look at God's response. What's your excuse? What, when do you get busy? Last week we talked about like the like the whole choosing to cheat thing. That when we ask our family to to uh, we have excuses. I can't, honey. I can't make it to that game. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll be at the next one. Oh, honey, I'm going to be home just like 20 minutes late, and then it's really more like. Forty minutes late, but you, 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 every time that we do that, what we do is we we pick up a rock. It's like it's like us handing them a rock, and they have to hold it. And, and then it, it's it's unintentional, but it's perpetual if we're not careful, right? We can do the same thing with God. Is it possible that we can say we make excuses and say, "Here, God, I know, I know, you're the God of the universe, but I just need to figure this out first, and then." I'll be over. What, what, what's it for you? If, if if you were in this parable, where would you be? Would you be going to the party, or making excuses? I just want us to reflect on that quick, Let, and then let's look at this. This is verse twenty-one. The servants came back and reported to the to this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry. God becomes angry. He, he, this is saying, he's, he's indignant. He's angry. And so He sent His army out to burn their villages. <laughs> good. Yeah, you're paying attention. This is good. No, catch, catch what He does in His anger. And He ordered out His servants, quickly, go again out into the streets and the alleys of the towns. Bring in the poor. Bring in the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And here's the the spiritual significance of of this comment here for the parable. He's saying, bring in the people that people probably wouldn't think I would invite to my party. Because I want them there. Bring in the people that you would bring in the people that think they might not even be invited. (laughs) Because they don't have the status, they don't have the clout, they don't have, you know, they don't feel worthy. Go get them, please. I love this next line. Sir, the servant said, What you have ordered has already been done. This is a servant who knows his master, because this is what the master is like. He just wants to party. But there's still room. Oh no, there's still room at my party. Go get then. The master told the servant Go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them, plead with them, beg with them to come so that my house may. Be full. That's God's heart. That when it comes to heaven, that it be a full heaven. And then he says this, I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. I tell you, not one of those who invited and didn't show up will get a taste of my banquet. Because that's kind of how parties work, isn't it? Who gets to go to parties? Who goes to parties? <laughs> the people who show up. Everybody's invited. Go out to all, uh, go, go get anyone you can. He, invite many guests. Go get the poor, or the lame, go out in the streets. Everyone's invited. But sadly, not everybody comes. See, another thing I love about this parable. Have you ever wondered who goes to heaven? Like, you know, like, have you ever sat and wondered, like, okay, how do you get to heaven and who goes to heaven? Like, and, and I've often, you know, like, I used to think, like, is there, like, a scale? You know, like, and like the, there's good, and then there's bad, and then on the good side, like, the good scale, you know, like little pebbles for every time you go to church or something like that. Or maybe it's more like school, you know, like, you know, there's a grade, a grade. And everybody that has a 70 or let's say a C average or better will make it. And I've often thought about that, but like if it's like that, what if I have like a 69.9? Okay, like will God grade on a curve? You know, and okay, so God changes the curve for me, but see, there's problems with that statement because what if grandma has a 67.7? Will he change the curve for her? And if he won't, Is that the kind of God that I want to be with in heaven for forever? You know what I'm saying? Like, have you ever thought about this? In fact, I think it would be a good exercise to think about, like, if a child came up to you, maybe it's your kid or another kid came up to you and was like, who goes to heaven? And you're like, okay, uh, how do I explain this in ways? I'll tell them a parable about heaven. What would it be like? Well, see, if you're good enough, and then you get to, you know, if you're better than them, but like, how good is good enough? And is there a line? You know, like, like what would your parable of heaven be? And what would God be like? Would he be like the superintendent of a country club? Would he be a, like a, a teacher? That's fail, you know, like he's gotta fail some kids. See, see, I think this is important because what's your parable? This is Jesus's. He said, This is what God's like. He throws parties. And guess who's invited? Everyone. Guess who, guess who goes to the party? It's pretty simple. The people who show up. The people who make time to go that's and and see here, I think why this is so important to talk about is because some of us have wrestled with faith, maybe even left faith because of this whole idea of heaven and hell, and it's like I don't like the idea of like like we we think about it in such a way that in the end we feel more compassionate than the God that's in our mind <laughs> so. Because I, I, I want everybody to be in heaven and God seems to be drawing these lines everywhere. And Jesus is like like, it, it's actually simpler than that. It, God's not out there, keep, you know, get out of here. You can't be, no. It, bring everybody in. Come, please come. It's we who are keeping us from the party. Because we don't show up that interesting? Here's where I want to land on this. Bringing it back to Tetris. In about 47 minutes, you're going to walk out this door and the pieces are going to start to fall again. You know what I mean? Like everything, you know, like your phone is going to, you know, like have some messages. Your kids are going to be like, can we go to McDonald's? You know, like everything is just going to hit all at once. But for the next 47 minutes, we actually do have space. And that's what we need, right? Space. Space to reflect on. God. Space to reflect on. Are we living our lives in such a way that we are actually pushing the God of the universe out of our lives. You and I get to do that. We've got uh, some songs, we'll sing some Christmas songs. We're singing the last song is all about Jesus, what he did. We've got this time, this space. I I I hope that you use it to th- at least think about te- your Tetris game. Because I don't want you to miss the party. <laughs> Jesus talk like this he in fact jesus came so that we wouldn't miss the party but i also want to make sure that we end today i want to make clear not just what can happen like if if we you know if we're not careful we can live life without the creator of life that that's i also want to talk about the invitation because here's the thing God has invited everyone. Christianity is the most fair religion, the most fair thing in the whole world. Everybody is welcome. Everyone is invited. Everybody gets in the same way and everyone can meet the requirements. If heaven is a banquet, the invitation is the cross. The invitation is Christmas. The invitation is Jesus himself. Not only did he come to Tell about God, but he was actually the invitation to God. This is how you get to the party. And some of us believe that through the, the, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that's how we come to the Father. That's how we get to the party. And my my question for you today is if you've never, if you can't look back and think about a time where you're like, I I crossed that line, I, I accepted that invitation. I beg you, I plead with you, please do it today. Use this time and space. I can't think of a better time of year to do it right before Christmas. But to give your life to Jesus Christ, to, 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 for the glove to meet the hand, for, for the art to come into contact with the artist, for the car to meet the designer through Jesus Christ. It's the invitation that you and I have. Here's another plug. Some of us have ex- we can think of a time where we, you know, we crossed that line of faith we may, you know took that invitation, and then the years go by and we're, we we you know we go to church we do things and but there's no um we've lost the awe of the Father we've lost we 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 haven't been smitten by Him in a while because here's here's the deal the banquet is Him. <laughs> the 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 party he is him what we'll enjoy for the rest of eternity is you know like if you ever had a hard time like is it just singing and like what will we do like eternity is a really long time it's hard to think of it that way until you start to think about an infinite god and being enthralled by him and then the time starts to fly if if you're a believer What will it take? What could it take in the next week to prepare your heart to kindle what you once had so that you're smitten by God again? You're just taken by Him. You want to be near Him. I I pray for that for you today. Yeah, let let me say a prayer. God, thanks for... Thanks for being who you are and doing things the way you do things. Lord, thanks that you're a God that cares enough for us, that you're patient, that you're you're merciful. You roll with us all the time. And yet you are angry. You are indignant. You want us to come to you because of what you're prepared for us. But you're patient with us. Thank you. Thank you that, that you love and respect us enough to to allow us to make the choice to come to you on our own so that we can love you truly. Lord, we confess that we get really distracted sometimes. Lord, that there are times where we, um, we just get smitten with the wrong stuff. We are good people with lives full of good things in danger of missing you. I pray that for the next 15 minutes, Lord, that you would move in our hearts how you need to move. Um. Thank you, Lord, for, for these words. Thanks for your son. Thanks for Christmas. Thanks for church. Amen.